Welcome back to episode 37 of the Service Design Podcast. We went to Toronto to the Service Design Global Conference and walked the floor meeting lots of you. Take a listen and hear what it was like or to relive this wonderful edition. A big thanks to the Service Design Network and the organizers of this conference. So we just uh, ran into one of our Belgian friends here. Hello. Hi, Marlies. Hello, how are you? How's it going? And we're, uh, you're standing at a table together with... Uh, Beth. Beth. And Beth, where are you from? Washington, D.C. And what do you do uh, there? Service design, UX, graphic design, or graphic facilitation, rather. Okay, and what right. about you, Marlies? Uh, I run uh, Twisted Studio with uh, Liz, my co-founder, and we support organizations in the social sector, sector to uh, create services bottom-up, and we use human-centered design and service design to do that. Okay. Hey, and Marlies, you, you're nominated for uh, one of the awards, am I right? I know, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I am super nervous. In a few hours, we will know. We'll definitely cross our fingers. Can you maybe explain a little bit about the project that you are nominated uh, for? I can try, yes. Uh, so it's called Laboratory Mobile Alternatives. Uh, it's, that's a free translation from Dutch. It's for our very first client back in 2016 when we started Twisted Studio. They were our very first client, the network of sustainable mobility. And they wanted to help uh, government with a more participative process of involving citizens in mobility issues, shortly said. Great. I read a little bit about it. And what I think was really nice is that you uh, actually gave the design uh, process uh, to the client and that yes. you let them, them do all the work. Exactly. <laughs> which uh, also means they learn how to do it uh, themselves. Is that something which is happening uh, now? Yes, I, I mean, for us, for Twisted Studio, that has always been our kind of unique, I guess, selling uh, thing, right? Um, it, in the beginning, it was also like a budget thing. Like, we wanted to work with clients, but clients couldn't afford us. So then we started seeing, like, what could we have the client do and coach them so we don't have to do it and don't have to charge for them. So, but then we saw that clients really picked up on this and we said, like, wow, this is really something we should continue doing. Mm -hmm. Because not only does it empower the client to do this work after we leave, but it's just more sustainable, I guess. Like they are also convinced because they do it themselves. Yeah, great. I think this is already a topic which has uh, been part of the some of the talks that I already saw oh, that they uh, they're talking about the evolution of service design and that indeed that we have to think uh, bigger and not just uh, be designers uh, of the services itself, great. but that we should. Uh, connect uh, people in a network and make sure that the network becomes strong enough to take uh, initiatives themselves. Yeah, so nice. I think uh, nice. yeah. it's an, uh, an evolution that a lot of the people here are going through as well. So it's wow. interesting that you say that you started uh, working in that way. Uh, wow, yes, great. Is there something you are looking forward to uh, at the conference? A talk or a workshop? 
uh, how I'm looking forward, I have already noticed uh, today and yesterday is that, how do I say this? Like, it's such a interesting level of discussions that you have right here. And sometimes deep inside me, I've struggled with the same things, but I never get to word it like they do here. And then I'm like, yes, that's what I also feel like. Oh, thank you for explaining it and articulating it like this because yes that's why I feel so it's a kind of like yeah connecting with people who are going through the same thing like searching for better ways to do stuff so it's not one particular talk that I'm looking forward to but just like the overall vibe sort of yeah excellent well we wish you all the best of luck uh, with the the award ceremony yeah. uh, we'll be crossing our fingers I really hope that's like not 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 okay to say but all of a sudden they said like oh so if you win you have to do like this Pecha Kucha presentation and we already had to send it in and I had to make it like you know in the night time because there's all this stuff coming oh, yeah. you but don't want that work uh, oh my god like Pecha Kucha is like the ah oh, so stressful yeah <laughs> so okay. the award ceremony is today for yeah okay good luck with that and I really hope we can see your uh, Pecha Kucha oh no <laughs> okay thank you bye bye well, we bump into two lovely ladies here. Let me uh, see if they want to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Laurel McLeod. I'm from Victoria. Hi, I'm Karen Carpenter from Miami. Okay, and are you working as a service designer or what are you doing? I do marketing and communications and a little bit of UX work. So on, this, on the sideline of service design for a digital agency. Yeah, I'm an experienced strategist. I do design strategy and service design. Oh, nice. And did you already see a talk or did you do a workshop that was interesting? Oh, yeah, um, they've been great so far. I really liked the second talk. was amazing um, with uh, the um, University of Oslo and the, the, yeah, really enjoyed the dandelions metaphor. With the, yeah. Can you maybe explain a bit about the metaphor that you used for the people who were not here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So talking about getting to the root of uh, of the issues in, in organizations and uh, and really changing that so that it, rather than uh, get, getting yeah just just dealing with the day to day. And for you, what did you enjoy so far? Well, there have been some really great speakers talking about different things. I've been really impressed with how much. Um, there's been like red threads going through a lot of the talks around accessibility, inclusion, as well as, um, I'm going to say it wrong, <laughs> equity, not equity, equity, equitable, basically about, about being equitable, basically looking at, you know, the point of view, um, the point of power that designers um, might be coming from when they're, when they're working on a trying to solve a, a challenge and looking at all the different uh, aspects of, you know, who are you working with, what are you trying to solve, um, and just really taking a look at where you're coming from and making sure that it's, it's right for, you know, what you're doing. So whether you need to co-create or create for somebody, um, you know, just for us as designers to be more thoughtful across the board with that, I, th I think has been a really great call out this year. Yeah, it was a talk about uh, a power and the power we have as service designers and that we actually we can decide who uh, uses our services. I'm sure you also were at that talk then, but I find it really uh, inspiring as well, like and where service design can go and where it's going and that uh, challenges are often a lot bigger than the ones we do inside an organization, but like the whole network around it and 
found that really uh, inspiring uh, as well. Yeah. yeah, no, they've definitely there. There are some things that um, I want to go back and, and look more into, mm -hmm. um, especially around uh, systems thinking and you know organizational design. Because when you start looking at the dynamics, the, even the power dynamics within an organization you start to see how that can affect to what you're saying like you know who is included in the process um, be that in the research or be that in the creation and you know what effect does that have on the service that you're trying to to, to design yeah yeah that's a theme i i saw as well the systems thinking um that's also a field in itself of course system systemic design do you think what is that a good thing that it splits up in two fields or is it for you part of service design i would say it's it's more tools in the toolbox so i recently um took uh, a webinar online around uh, design thinking for the social sector and they really did a great job at showing how uh, strategy more business strategy along with uh, systems thinking uh, along with something else that's going to slip my mind right now but basically how all three of those when brought together can actually help you when you're trying to solve more complex problems mm -hmm. so if a problem is a little bit more straightforward perhaps you don't need as much of the systems thinking um, but if it's something that's like homelessness something something that's bigger and larger where there are a lot of different stakeholders um, that come into play and who are, might be trying to do something already or might be, you know, needing stuff. You know, it, it really helps you to find uh, where to play, how to frame the challenge, and then, you know, get the right people in the room to, to start working towards change. Yeah, and that's uh, our job as service designers as well, to uh, make sure we see it a bit broader than it normally gets presented uh, by our clients, I would say. Something you are looking forward to, a specific talk or uh, maybe a workshop that you will be doing? I would say that's a good question. Um, we're just heading into, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the, the full name of it, um, the workshop. Oh, the work, there's a really great workshop on project, uh, on problem framing. You know, so if you're not if you're not able to frame the problem correctly from the start, you might be solving for the wrong thing. Um, but he also tempted us for the fact that, you know, He's got a great, uh, I guess, framework for using your project framing to also help scope your projects. So that sounded very useful. Okay, Excellent. great. Well, enjoy the lovely sunshine. And, yes. Uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. <laughs> nice meeting you. Bye. Hey, we just ran into uh, Adriana Ojega. Um, we met you uh, previously already. Uh, and by now, I think I saw you started your own podcast. Is that right? Yeah, we were inspired actually by you guys and what we are trying to do in Mexico is to have a podcast in Spanish because we are missing a lot of content in Spanish. So you were our first inspiration from, I mean, since last year. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's great to hear. <laughs> really good. We're uh, also here with Farah. And uh, can you tell us uh, who you are? Yeah, Farah Leiva, also collaborating with Adriana and Priscilla in Service Design Network. Very glad to meet you guys. We listen all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, excellent. Um, and uh, what uh, what episodes have you done so far? Uh, from our podcast, you mean? Uh, well, we only have one so far. We are planning the second one, and we talk about uh, inclusion, like being more inclusive in the companies. And we had Selena Castilla, who is also here. She's uh, the head of Latin America for Scotiabank. 
So that was our first team, and we are doing the next one. We are talking about chatbots for service design touch points. So yeah, it's going to be interesting as well. Uh, I think uh, inclusion is also a big topic at the conference here. There's a lot of workshops and uh, talks uh, about it. What do you think uh, service design can uh, can bring? Oh, a lot. I mean, I also work for a bank in BBVA, Mexico. And for example, in the enterprise bank, we are a woman is represented only in 10%. So we have a lot of work to do. And I think in leadership, in women, and the service designer, is we have to be like an ambassadors of this because we listen to the people. So we have the ability to transform all this information and uh, I don't know, the keywords, the messages to the right people. Yeah, I can imagine in the context of a bank, it's also important to make a, a business case for inclusion. Um, can you talk a bit about how you how you work on that in your context? Okay, I don't work in a bank anymore, but I used to. <laughs> now I work in a technology company, but we still have those problems because it's like very male-based uh, companies. Uh, and in my experience in the bank, like last year, I was still working there. It's not only about like the woman, but uh, we have to think about the different social contexts we have in Mexico. So. What we are trying to do is uh, work around all the educations for finances because in Mexico it's only like uh, 20 something percent. I'm not sure of the number, so just don't stick with that one uh, <laughs> from people that actually have like bank accounts. So we have to be more inclusive also in that topic. And yeah, we still have a lot to do, like mm -hmm. so many years to work on. Yeah, then there, of course, is a business case if there's only that little uh, people who have a bank account and you can... Uh, yeah, it's a major opportunity for uh, commercial organizations. Uh, like we work with uh, government a lot and there they just have to uh, include all people because all citizens need to be uh, part of their uh, service. So I think it's a bit of a different uh, approach, but it's uh, both, I think, super important. And you see it here in the talks and the workshops uh, as well. Yeah. And also, for example, in the sector of financial, it's supposed to be a, a more woman in a perception way, but it isn't. Uh, I, I just um, have been uh, making user research for a journey map of uh, credit, uh, credit for enterprises, and all the users that I interview, uh, the 80, 90% were only men. So that paints that picture of we have to work a lot more. So bring more women into uh, those, those organizations. Yes, yeah. great. Well, we do notice though in the field of service design, that's a, it seems to be a very equal uh, field. Uh, if I look at night moves, for instance, there's a majority of women working that's there. That's true, it's going the other way yeah. actually. <laughs> and looking at the conference as well, it's uh, compared to a technology conference, this is a very, uh, yeah, equal uh, uh, area yeah we are trying to get there as I said there's, there's a, still a lot of things to do so it means we'll have more job for the next year so uh, we'll just keep working on that field of inclusion yeah all great right. thanks a lot enjoy yeah. the conference and yeah. we'll see you around yeah and all the best with your podcast thank you thank, thank you, you very much for this opportunity yeah thank you Wait, bye hello <laughs> 
we're from the Service Design Podcast, and uh, you're standing here in the lovely sunlight. Can we talk to you for a few minutes? Sure. sure. I've listened to your show before. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Can you tell us who you are? Uh, I'm Aaron Lewis. I'm based on the east coast of Canada and uh, independent, but doing a lot of work with Veterans Affairs Canada right now. My name's Augusta Calloway. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi in the southeast U.S. And I work as a public sector consultant, um, helping state agencies transform to an agile work, work method. Great. And have you uh, enjoyed the conference so far? Was there something which uh, is still stuck in your mind that you're thinking about? Good question. Uh, yeah, that w I went on the tour yesterday, which was really awesome to see all the different... Uh, spaces and meet people along the way uh, and then uh, Justina's presentation this morning of um, yeah just sort of the underlying assumptions of design I thought was uh, there was a lot in there to, to go through so I want to go back and go th give some more time to, to that. Yeah. Yeah, I also found that talk very uh, inspiring like the what she said with the iceberg that you have some uh, norms and policies and rules and companies that we sometimes don't manage to grasp uh, enough to do our projects well. So I think that's a big challenge for all service designers to uh, make sure that we take that into account in our uh, projects. Yeah, indeed. And you, is there anything particular you uh, enjoyed? Did you go to a workshop yet? I uh, have not been to a workshop because I couldn't figure out how to register. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, but I would like to say that I was extremely impressed with the opening um, with Red Sky and then the talk about uh, First Nations and art and storytelling. As an American, knowing our history as a, as a country being very similar to Canada where the stories of Native people were obliterated and a lot of tragedy still lingers. Um, and also now too in America we deal with the the issues with slavery and all the what is the word aftermath of that and that's something I see every day on my drive to work and and so having that awareness of cultural sensitivity at the very forefront and opening of the conference was very impressive to me and I really appreciated it yeah, I also thought that was very powerful, very honest to, to, to own it like that. Uh, I thought that was a very strong start for us. Yeah, this is a place people from lots of different countries come to, and it really does put Canada, <laughs> I think, in a very uh, good picture that it uh, dares to start like this. It would be more unlikely to have that type of opening in the United States, in my opinion. Okay. How did you... Uh what did you think of the opening? Because you're from Canada, so you uh, you are inside of this uh, culture. Can you explain a bit? Is it something which is brought to the surface quite a lot, or is it mainly in the design world now that they're uh, talking about it? It's increasingly uh, sort of the the uh, sort of um, giving respect to and awareness of the the lands that we're on is is in ceremonies and public. Uh, gatherings uh, becoming quite common um, and yeah it made me quite proud uh, to be Canadian of sort of we're on this journey there's there's all kinds of work left to be done in terms of re reconciliation which Jesse uh, touched on um, but we're working through it and it's a uh, there's many 
people and stakeholders and systems to work through to to get there but we're we're on the journey and yeah we're going there enjoy the rest of the conference and the lovely sunshine still uh, and uh, well we'll be seeing you around wonderful you. thank you so much thank you so much thank you thanks for doing your podcast oh. i'm sorry uh can we interrupt your conversation for a moment <laughs> i recognize you judy we spoke to you on the podcast before hey, how are you? <laughs> nice to meet See, you i didn't recognize you because i but your voice sounded familiar ah okay that's good to hear and we're also standing here with uh, gordon roth hello how are you good i just uh followed your talk which was super interesting so thank you for that Thank you very much. It was uh, a lot of theory in 30 minutes. I agree, but I think you uh, brought the theory in a very uh, nice way. So I uh, think it was really nice that you made from such a complex book for us a nice uh, book summary. <laughs> Thank you. The Coles Notes version, as they'd call it here, the, the shortened abridged version. So there you go. Great. And uh, also, uh, Deborah, I see. Um, where do you work? Uh, I work with Gord at OXD. Yep. All right. Um, I'm sure you guys were having a really interesting conversation. Uh, great minds like this. Uh, can you fill us in? What were you uh, talking about? Was it anything earth-shattering about service design? Uh, we were talking about a project that we're working on right now. I will not be able to disclose the details of that project on the uh, for, for our purposes, uh, but just talking about sometimes the difficulties of getting access to the end user or the stakeholder that you actually want to work with and uh, how even in the most well-meaning projects where that is the goal of the project, that is the stated goal of the project, sometimes you're still not allowed to do that work. So that is still a thing in 2019 that service design has to grapple with, so. Gore, Deb, and I feel like we've been through the trenches together, so we share this bond of having gone through the ups and downs and work on a very long engagement. Um, yeah, so just, we're, we're just catching up and sharing some stories. <laughs> And um, do you have some uh, some suggestions or some solutions on that uh, topic? Or things you have been discussing that you think that might uh, work? I mean, it's just about finding different ways of reaching out to people. So, you know, if you can't go out and be there in the space with them, you can bring them in. If you can't do that, then you maybe you, you know, reach out to them individually through phone. Like worst case, you reach out to them electronically. It's just about like trying all of the different options um, until poking at each of the different ones until you find one that works. It's still uh, early in the conference, but have you been seeing any recurring themes or topics um, showing up so far? I mean, I, I am, this is confirmation bias in action because it was what my talk was about, but I think power uh, and equity and topics uh, of who gets to be in projects and for whom projects are for. Uh, seems to be a recurring theme right now. Um, it happened at Members' Day yesterday when we were talking on our little Members' Day discussion. Uh, and a couple of the talks, obviously, today have reached um, that topic as well, too. Um, and an important moment, I guess, in service design as we move beyond simply methods and frameworks and start to maybe contemplate the bigger impact of our work. Why do you think this is like a topic that service designers can play a role in? I think, Patrick. Uh, I think again the context of our work as we are becoming more influential, maybe, and the scope of the problems that service designers are working on are like larger systemic problems. We are encountering the hard facts that, like, with that large scale responsibility, 
comes like a new um, new ways of working and acknowledging uh, again what power we hold or how we disempower people with the things that we design. So I think it's a byproduct. It's both a good sign and a bad sign of the scope and the scale of service design's reach and influence these days. That's my kind of working hypothesis at this point. So, and the world needs it because there's a lot of people who are disenfranchised by services, government, private sector, you name it. So, yes. Okay. There's a, a voice from above uh, telling us uh, yes. it's going to start again. So, yeah. Yes, thanks nice a lot. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> Excuse me, Samuel. I'm interrupting you during a, a lovely bite to eat. <laughs> Hi. So uh, we're at the end of the first day. How uh, has it been for you? Oh, it's been uh, exciting, exhausting, mm, but super inspiring. And it's just fun to have the whole community back together. I saw you were very active on uh, Instagram and other social media. I think it's super good because you managed to let the people who are not here also enjoy the conference uh, a little bit. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, so a lot of the social media activity on Instagram was asking people who are not attending to send in questions to speaker, sponsor, teams and everything. And I'm trying to answer that. Yeah, so for the people who don't know Samuel, he's a social media guru of the Service Design Network. So uh <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yes, I take care of the whole uh, of all of the social media channels, um, all of the digital activities that we're uh, doing, promoting all the projects. So right now, it's all on the conference. Yeah, and um, we've been seeing a, a theme today with a lot of. Uh, about a lot about responsibility, mm -hmm. uh, the impact you can have as a service designer mm -hmm. on the world. Uh, how do you feel about the ongoing themes you've seen today? Mm, uh, my perspective on today was um, there was also a recurring theme um, besides the topic of building bridges, um, but there was also a lot of talk about um, power and power structures in service design and what that means to uh, to be the one like working with that and also then also being in power like what do you do with that responsibility mm. yeah I also saw some talks about the topic like how we can empower people uh, and give uh, people in organizations the power back but also uh, have a big responsibility actually to uh, to choose the right um, services that we are designing and involving the right people, but that also often means involve involving some people or uh, leaving out some people that are not involved in a service or in a process. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I've talked to another attendee here um, and he put it in a quite interesting way because if you're the one designing uh, for a new system where it's changing a power structure uh, or just affecting it in any way, you're also kind of a gatekeeper uh, just what you said you're there is the potential of keeping out uh, marginalized groups uh, so it's super important to think about it responsibly yeah I think that brings me to another topic which I think is uh, very hot here it's inclusion and mm -hmm. uh, inclusive design uh, and I've seen already uh, some different um, definitions of it like people who are talking about for example more women in business but also people who are uh, talking about people who have for example low income and cannot afford uh, your services mm -hmm. people from other cultures that have been uh, shut out for a really long time yeah. um, uh, so it's a that's a tricky thing because just how you uh, we're just counting the things that that affects it's uh, 
Like what? I I actually can't answer that question. What, like what is meant with inclusivity here? Because it touches upon so many different areas and sectors. Mm. Uh, and then again, we are at the point of the uh, power and responsibility of thinking. Okay, it's like who am I designing for? Mm -hmm. So that's actually hard to answer but it's good to ask that question yeah, yeah and designing for and even designing with like how to involve them in the whole mm -hmm. uh, process is like a yeah. huge challenge uh, yeah. Here. yeah all right well we're going to let you enjoy the reception uh, we're going to enjoy the reception too and uh, look forward to day two yeah thank you very much and thank you guys for always being here it's yeah nice well to have you here Thank you for uh, reporting on the whole conference for the whole world who is not here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Together we yeah. can uh, bring everybody a little bit closer if yes. they're not able to come. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Cool. Great. Chris Ferguson, you need no uh, introduction anymore on this uh, podcast. Yes, uh, we have Jamin, you, Jamin as well. <laughs> and, and Mary Eve. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Could you uh, briefly introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Marie-Ève Belanger. I'm manager of design strategy at Bridgeable. Okay, so uh, we have a couple of the co-organizers of the, this year's conference. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, uh, on behalf of all of you, of course, for a wonderful content uh, this year. Um, it's uh, it's been amazing. Uh, <coughs> it's been amazing to see uh, the choice of uh, topics that there is. Uh, really dealing with the responsibility we have as uh, designers and showing how we can change the world. It's been one of the most inspiring uh, editions so far, I think. So uh, thank you, guys. How do you feel about it? Uh, so this is Jamin. Yeah, I feel I feel great about it. I mean, it's uh, always uh, interesting to partner with a, a local service design team, in this case, uh, Service Design Canada, and uh, and have them bring content. So a lot of the, the content and then the review of the submissions uh, was really uh, their part. So they're bringing their uh, perspective on service design into the conference and I think that's why we're seeing uh, the themes that we are in inclusivity and in building bridges. Yes, what do you think of the first day? Oh wow, I feel motivated, I feel inspired, I feel ready to do more. I think what we showcased was actually um, where service design is right now. This kind of watershed moment from uh, from moving from something more tactical to really changing the world to some extent. We've been wrestling with themes of power, of social good today, and I think these are just themes that will keep showing up in the future for us as, a, as designers. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, part of the thinking going into this and part of the theme was really focusing on this idea of how can we do more as service designers? And I think if you look around at what's happening in the world right now, uh, there's a lot of really negative signals that uh, the ways in which organizations operate are really failing people and humanity. And, and I think that as the people inside that are helping shape services, which make up 80% of what people do in their lives, uh, I think we have a responsibility to think about how we, how we uh, do that consciously and how we do it in a way that's going to be beneficial. What struck me was that there is so little digital uh, design uh, today. Is it a sign that service design is breaking loose a bit from the digital I, world? I think that's a very good observation. I, I, I sensed that, um, but uh, I don't think I nailed it yet. Yeah, definitely a lot more in the, the systems and, and what's behind the scenes. We saw 
a lot of iceberg metaphors and the, the the beliefs and the culture that are underneath that we can affect and and not just the the products and the interactions. So yeah, I think maybe service design is getting deeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. Service design is always described as holistic, but uh, this year seems to be taking holistic that step further and really digging into systemic design. Um, do you see that as a, as a separate discipline or do you see that as part of service design? Well, to some extent, um, as an aside, it, the topic of service design as we approach it to this today really feels like a Canadian way of seeing it as well. Um, so service design here, the tradition is more around social innovation and um, social good as well. And it's framed in a social way, in public sector way as well. Um, so I think um, that's one of the disciplines that is just being brought to the fore a bit more uh, these days. And I think it's something that we need to include more in our decisions later. Yeah, it's also the way you um, that culture was present at the conference was super interesting, like the opening uh, speech we saw. And then uh, we also um, went to another talk. I forgot her name, but she's an Aboriginal from Australia. And it was super inspiring. She was telling her story and how her uh, family, community were like dismissed for a really long time in the country and how she's now uh, using design to, uh, to bring the pride back. And I think it's the first time that I see so much of this uh, culture uh, inside a service design conference. Yeah, abso absolutely. I was thinking that with, the, uh, with our opening keynote, who's Jesse Wente, who's Ojibwe, have... I don't think I've ever seen a native person, an Aboriginal, speak at a design conference I've ever been at. You know, so just I think bringing, we know that diversity and diverse ways of thinking and diverse ways of understanding the world help us, but the more we can bring together these different views, it just makes it richer and more and more beneficial for us to solve problems. But I think we've, uh, I think it's gone a little bit, become, uh, it's a global community, but I feel like we're, we're expanding that even bigger now. Um, which is really exciting. Well, okay. great. I think the uh, reception is actually open. Yeah. So uh, I, I would <laughs> You've deserved <laughs> to celebrate day one. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure yeah. you want to go there as well. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for uh, speaking yeah. to us. And we look forward to uh, day two. Yeah, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah. So we're standing here at the reception and uh, uh, with two ladies, I, I was in a workshop with you. Uh, we'll go into that uh, in a moment. Uh, but you were also on the stage just a moment ago to announce that next year's conference is going to be in Denmark. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, we look so much forward to Even though I also think that we just should enjoy the fact that we are in Toronto now. We are still doing the, the 2019 uh, conference and it's amazing to be here. So, uh, so now we're just enjoying this and I think on Monday we start, we start dreaming and working on, uh, on 2020. Yeah, it's going to be hard work, I'm sure, but, uh, but very uh, rewarding as well. You already uh, introduced some of the topics which are very interesting, uh, I think, to all of the uh, people who might be coming to the conference. Uh, some of the uh, topics that make Danish design important, both on the product design, but also on the service design uh, field. Um, I remembered one, which was democracy, but could you fill me in on the other ones? Uh, yeah, so, so what we talk about when we talk uh, about 
Danish design and maybe we can talk about Nordic design is uh, is what is actually unique to the way we we design in the Nordic region so beyond or besides democratic so democracy it's very much about uh, designing uh, based on trust and and with a social aspect inclusive uh, uh, inclusive or uh, empathy um, things like that but but also with a, a, a huge uh, attention towards great craftsmanship and, and aesthetics which is also very very important when we talk about service design uh, because it's, it's often intangible but but also combined with a lot of tangible elements that need to be highly crafted so um, mm-hmm. so that's some of the elements very exciting uh, and one good thing uh, about it being in Europe again is we'll be able to take the whole team uh, probably uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, and uh, Sarah so uh, I was in your workshop could you very briefly uh, tell the audience what the workshop was about yeah so what we uh, experienced in the workshop was that we actually stepped into the future and uh, immersed ourselves um, into uh, what does future of uh, healthcare look like in 2050? So, what does it actually feel like to be a human in, in the in the future? Um, and really understand the different potentials, but also the challenges that we are facing in the future. And really start to discuss these things and and actually uh, decide where we want to go with our future of healthcare. Yeah, and. An important uh, element in the workshop was uh, some audio scenarios where we we got to experience uh, a bit of a future vision through sound. And uh, what I found worked really well was um, that it helped me with a discussion partner to have a very nuanced discussion about uh, where it should go. Because, yes, the the, the audio showed some extremes from different directions. And, yeah... It helped you to start thinking from that point of view instead of just thinking from the today. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that worked really well. Yeah. So what we're trying to do with the with the healthcare scenarios is actually pushing sort of the boundaries and provoke a little bit and inspire people to actually think new things and and rethink our healthcare system and 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 what we actually do when we when we are experiencing uh, these audio clips is that we're actually putting ourselves uh, into the scenario and really start reflecting also on from a personal level on, on what will it feel like to be me in this future and what will I prefer and what are the consequences that it will have for me as a person and for my family and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't in your workshop, but I saw some pictures of a lot of pills. Yes. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit what was happening there? <laughs> Well, maybe the pills was was sort of sort of a gimmick. It was candy, <laughs> but 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 we, I mean, it's 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 kind of a, the drugs we we need people to take before traveling into the future, um, and and it's also kind of you know using those small tangible elements uh, to to foster the conversation and also exactly, yeah. and also what I would also say that also to put some a little sense of humor into it because it also helps create a more uh, lively uh, dialogue where people feel confident and I, I think it, it also adds uh, another perspective when you when you actually so when you talk about the future of healthcare you talk very much about precision medicine and personal medicine and and, and tracking data and, and so on and so forth 
and I think the the whole gimmick on on giving people pills before they enter into the future is just you know it's it ref, it reflects and gives some perspective on on the discussion at least yeah. Okay. Um, final question. So you're from the Danish Design Center. Um, we don't have a Belgian Design Center, I think. Uh, what wh what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so so the Danish Design Center is is the national center that uh, try to stimulate the use of design among Danish businesses and in the public sector. Try to uh, try to grow the Danish design industry, uh, professionalize it, uh, globalize it, and also to brand Danish design and and. Primarily today, what we're doing is that, like with the with the future scenarios, is that we we uh, we try out different experiments. We want really to experiment with different ways of using design to create uh, new business models, actually to shape the next, uh, but also of course to tackle some of the the large uh, issues or problems that we are facing. So so basically, we are. Uh, a group of, uh, of people at the Danish Design Center that are continuously curious about new ways of using design and methodologies in exploring how we can create more meaning and more impact for people. Excellent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Smashed you in the face with the microphone. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, uh, thanks a lot. Um, Good luck in uh, organizing the conference for next year, and uh, we will see you uh, there. See you Thank next you. year. Looking Thank forward you. to welcome all. <laughs> Great. Hello. Hello. We're interrupting another conversation. Uh, we're here with three lovely ladies. Could you please uh, introduce yourself? At the same time? Oh. One at a time, sorry. We were, not, we were too synced up with the microphone there. Uh, yeah. We'll start from uh, from this end. Anne-Marie Lesage, I'm from Montreal. Uh, I teach the UX design in a business school at HEC Montréal. I'm Terry Costantino, I work for the Ontario government and I've been in uh, user experience design and service design for more than 20 years. And I'm Shauna Sego. I work for the Ontario Digital Service, part of Provincial Government of Ontario, and I've also worked in user experience design and service design for about 20 years. Yeah. And we spoke to you, of course, uh, as one of the organizers of the conference. Yes. Um, you did. Has it met your expectations? Definitely, definitely. We already uh, spoke to uh, Chris and Jamin and uh, uh, another lady. I forgot her name for a moment. Yeah, I also. Yeah. Um, and uh, we thank them for a really great first day. Uh, to you also, I think it's one of the best uh, service design conference days I've experienced so oh, far. Oh, that's so great. So I'm so pleased to hear that. Really good. What? How many service design days have you seen? Well, I've been to, I think, about five uh, editions now. Yes, and I think the topics were super inspiring today. Like, not all core service design, but really around topics that are super important and I think we all feel that we should work a little bit more on but uh, yeah so I have a lot of ideas for uh, for going home what what do you think of the of the first uh, day that um, uh, Shauna had mentioned to me months ago as one of the Canadian organizers 
that they were looking for Canadian content. They were trying to figure out how to do that. And I think the bookends of Canadian content that they did today was outstanding. As someone here in Toronto, it was all an eye-opening to me, as, and I'm sure it was to the visitors to, uh, to uh, Canada. So I thought those were really outstanding sessions. Yeah. Are you happy uh, about the first day? Very happy. I'm especially pleased that the weather has been beautiful. <laughs> so in our partly outdoor venue, no rain. A little chilly, but just enough to keep you awake. So that's good. Yeah, we heard about Chris that actually we are in like a valley, a river valley, and that if it rains, it might sometimes also get really wet on our feet here. So that the, he was very happy that there was no rain. <laughs> Absolutely, we do have some flooding sometimes. So. But luckily, Mother Nature has designed an experience for us that we can't copy. <laughs> and I have heard that this roof leaks. So oh. let's be happy that it's not raining. <laughs> yes. Is there something you are looking forward to for the rest of the conference? A topic or a specific talk or just some well, atmosphere? Uh, I want to say, uh, I'm not sure how to answer your question, but there's one session that I really wish I had seen. And so I'm going to look online to try to catch it. It has to do with circular design, so uh, and I really wish I'd caught that one. But okay. so. So, to me, it's my fourth uh, um, conference in Canada. It's by far the best one. Uh, uh, I was expecting, let's say, one out of four to be interesting, and it was like no, not at all. It was more like all of them, or or mostly everything. So it was really impressive. Job. <laughs> All right. Great. Great. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the evening and also, of course, tomorrow, the final day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Yasmin. Could you uh, introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, sure. Hello, my name is Yasmin, event manager working for Services Eye Network and yeah, I helped organizing this conference. Yes, and you helped us as well with uh, organizing some of the interviews. <laughs> Well, um, that was mostly my uh, colleague, Candle, who helped you organize the interviews. I was more in the background. Okay. How are you enjoying the conference so far? Um, I really do enjoy it a lot. Like above all, our last talk today with Sida Kopp, it was super, super impressive. Like, I mean, you saw it, right? Like it was standing ovation. I was super impressed. Yeah, exactly. The last talk was so inspiring. Like We are still uh, looking for Sita Kopp, if I uh, pronounce it uh, Right, because it was uh, super nice, uh, I thought. Something I didn't really expect here yet, but I think it's a great selection yeah, to uh, invite her. When we, got, when we got her on board, we were all very happy because she is a great personality above all in Canada. Everybody knows her. But I was at the beginning like, mm, okay, about um, a holiday in what? Fogo Island in what is that? But then I got to know more about her, about her background. And I mean, the presentation spoke for itself. It was great. Yeah, absolutely, and indeed, I think that was the first standing ovation like that I've seen at a conference uh, ever. So, uh, yeah. um, how has it been the the weeks leading up to this? Uh, <laughs> are you still alive? Well, I'm still standing here. Um, sleep is not that important. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you notice when you organize a conference. Yeah. So, what's your uh, your role uh, at the conference these two days? What are you uh, What are you mainly doing? Um, mainly, um, I try to clone myself to be everywhere <laughs> and help out with workshops and talks and so on. But 
Yeah, just a bit of everything. My main role is here in the talk area, but as I mentioned, yeah, cloning myself would help. Yeah, I, I've seen you walking around like crazy, and then I was like, she's here, and now she's on the other side. So uh, I think you're uh, indeed, uh, it seems like you have cloned yourself already. <laughs> yeah, maybe for next year, I try to organize a Segway or something like a Vespa so that I get from A to B faster. But yeah, I think the first day was great. I'm very happy, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Great, we are too. Thank you so much for organizing. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy that you're here. And enjoy the reception. Yeah. We'll Thank do. you. We'll do. <laughs> Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye. Well, we're here with Marlies, who is our co-Belgian uh, service designer. And we are super proud because uh, she won an award. Ah, uh, yes, man. I didn't win it by myself, of course. It was Twisted Studio, which is me and Lies. But yeah, it was so unexpected. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Oh. What a bleep just happened. <laughs> oh, but that's the, the first uh, swearing we've had on this podcast. But uh, this is a reason to do it, I think. Uh, yeah, big, 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 big congratulations. Thank you. S super cool. Wow. Yes. Yeah, you already explained a little bit what the project was about when, because we interviewed you already before the ceremony. But could you say in like one sentence uh, again what uh, you won the award for? Well, uh, I'm going to have to like grab my award from my bag because... <laughs> uh, oh, we're okay, seeing it live. For the people uh, who, are, who are not here, um, we are actually looking at a service design award. It looks Super wonderful. Super shiny. It looks like in Hollywood even, right? It's like, like uh, really, you know, uh, plastic. Oh, maybe that's not a good word to say. It. Anyway, the, the category, which was also on the screen back like an hour ago, was lean approach to service design and prototyping. When they announced it, I was like, oh, but we're not uh, you know, uh, nominated for that category. So my name or our name is definitely not going to come up now. And then all of a sudden it was on the screen. I was like, wait, are we lean, lean approach to service design and prototyping? Wow. I think you are because how you explained it, uh, it was a small budget, but you worked with a lot of partners yeah. and you taught them how to do things themselves yeah, and you yes. actually coach them and train them yes. so I really think uh, that award wow. uh, fits uh, the project okay, that you did wow but it's it's like seems like such a fancy fancy category name now like wow and uh, w did you already uh, call your uh, partner in crime yes of course whatsapp I was like hello lady we want this how about this like woohoo yes do you already know where you're gonna put it That's a good one. Uh, we don't have an office. We have a co-working space that we only work on Wednesdays, so they might have to be like the place that we put this on. I don't know. It's a shared award with all the co-workers then. Voila. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations. We're going to speak to you a lot longer because, of course, we speak to uh, all the winners of the Service Design Award for uh, a full interview about the project and, uh, and everything. So. Yes. Looking forward to that. I'm super excited because now we can do the interview together in Belgium around ah, the same table yes. because normally we do it uh, through a call with people around the world. Nice. But then we can meet up for a coffee and yes. uh, have a conversation oh, yes. about the project. Perfect. Yes. Great. Thank you so much and congratulations again. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Could we Hi. ask you some questions? 
I guess so. <laughs> who, who are you? Uh, we're uh, David and Stina from the Service Design Podcast. And, okay. Uh, we're walking around talking to people on the conference floor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right. who are you? Uh, my name is Ben. Um, ben McCammon. Yeah. What are you talking to people about? About the conference? <laughs> about the talks, uh, how they went, and what inspired you. So maybe you can share a little bit about that as well. Uh, sure. I think um, the one that's standing out for me today, I think, was uh, the talk about Fogo Island. Mm -hmm. um, I think specifically that idea that we need to like reconnect with communities and that you can actually build something... Mm -hmm. I think the thing I'm taking away is that idea of like it's more important to be specific and uh, focus on like what is it that makes a place unique and original, um, which yeah, that uh, lots of food for thought. I don't know that one. I was scribbling notes. I was like almost crying at some point. So it was that was a pretty powerful one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. Like we always say service design is holistic but that was like the project was truly holistic everything was like uh, taken into account like the whole community with every small detail in the hotel so yeah, yeah it takes holistic to a whole new level for yeah, sure exactly and what i found really interesting is that she's actually she has a background in economics uh, really a business person but the way she was uh, talking about this uh, this hotel was like so much more than just about the money side of uh, business. I think that was like super uh, inspiring. Yeah, and even the holistic part of, uh, like it's a very tangible thing, but that little, uh, the, the label of like, where does the money go, right? Um, I thought that was really powerful too. It's kind of like flipping an economic viewpoint around to say, okay, sure, we can pay attention to money and numbers, but let's look at it from the other way around. Where is this going, right? And who benefits from this stuff? Yeah, and that's the kind of thing <coughs> the consumer could actually get used to and expect others to do as well. I think yeah. it's a beautiful example. Yeah. And like she said, when they introduced like, you know, nutrition facts, everyone was like, oh, wow, you can't yeah. do this, right? This is crazy. But now we accept it as like, oh, of course we have that. Yeah, of course that should be on every piece of food, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think there's, that's a great one of those examples of like, how do we... Um, use something from a, a different domain and say, well, okay, there's nothing stopping us from taking that good idea and applying it to something very different, which yep. I think is also something that, you know, service designers do all the time, right? Someone, I, another talk I said, it was just kind of jokingly, but talking about like, what have we stolen from other people and other disciplines and other ways of knowing and you know we got to keep doing that we got to keep stealing good ideas and applying them yeah. in ways you know in ways that are helpful and ways that are um actually beneficial to people but yeah. there's nothing wrong with stealing a good idea that already exists right no um where are you uh, from ben and where do you work i'm from toronto okay um, a local uh yeah and i work at uh, an investment company here in toronto called mckenzie investments um, so I, I lead a small in-house service innovation team uh, within uh, within the company. Yeah, and is service design a, a regular part of your practice? Yep. We do a combination of uh, service design as well as kind of continuous improvement and more process-oriented stuff, but there's lots of overlaps. Um, so some of the challenges we work on are more process focus and some are much more people focused um, depends on, on what we're doing but yeah 
And what, what did you think when you heard that the service design uh, conference was coming to uh, Toronto? Oh, I was really <laughs> excited because uh, I've been to a couple of the Canadian ones, but mm -hmm. um, I've never been to one of the global ones. So it's just kind of uh, obviously it's super convenient. Um, but I think it's also um, like a couple of people have mentioned today, like service design is quite new in Canada um, in terms of or I guess in comparison to maybe other parts of the world. Um, so it's kind of, it's nice to uh, see it come here and maybe an opportunity to like accelerate things or, or build on, on the momentum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if you asked me even like six years ago, like what is service design? I probably would not have had an answer for you. Um, so just to kind of put that in perspective, yeah. Great. What did you think as a Canadian person of the first two uh, talks, which was about uh, your culture and your, of your country? I thought it was great. I mean, um, yeah, Jesse's talk was was great. I think like the thing that stood out to me for that one was this idea of like who's not present, who's not represented, um, whose stories are not being reflected at all. Um, just one of those like so my background is visual design originally like my first career and so in that world we you know you you kind of get trained to pay attention to like negative space like what's you know not the the stuff that's there and that you can see but the stuff that's like been omitted or is around that and i think um you know to make maybe a corny analogy i think that's that idea of like yeah there's the stuff that we see in here and kind of hits us in the face but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's absent or is is maybe the space around that that we don't really pay attention to right human beings we're used to paying attention to the the you know what we call the figure right not the ground the stuff that's like right there and that we can see and is you know explicit we very it's very 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 hard for us to pay attention to the opposite of that Um, so, you know, having people um, surface that and remind us about that, I mm -hmm. think, is really important. And I think, actually, visual design or graphic design can play a big role in that's making the invisible, uh, put it on the table and discuss it and uh, make sure you also co-create what is uh, invisible. Yeah, yeah, like Josina's talk was a bit about that, right? How do you take the stuff that's kind of invisible um, and actually make people say, oh, I can see this now, I can, now it makes me think about it, now maybe I need to change something or maybe I need to change my mm -hmm. own behavior because now I'm actually paying attention to this. Yes. Great. Right. No, nice to meet you, Ben, and uh, enjoy uh, the next day of the conference. Thanks, you too. <laughs> Thank right. you. Cheers. Well, we're here with another fellow from Let's Develop Podcast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good to be here. What's your name? My name is Arta Soyans. And uh, I heard you were a volunteer here at the conference. I am. It's an incredible opportunity. You get to see everything from the back end. You get to see people's confused and smiling faces as they come in and explore from the very beginning. And you get to see how tired and inspired they are by the very end. Uh, Excellent. Really nice. And uh, what, what is this podcast of yours? The Let's Develop Podcast is a platform to explore how people in various industries in various communities, co-create social change. So we're thinking service design, of course. We're thinking psychotherapy, management consulting, and otherwise. How do we do this? And what's it like? Yeah. And have you found uh, inspiration at the conference for uh, 
that field of interest? I have. I have. I've seen numerous people who aren't quote-unquote service designers, but they practice the tools of service design, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. What are the practices out there? What are the mental models out there? And I've been coming across people over and over and over who are playful, who are curious, and who want to work with people, not on people, not for people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a topic which a lot of people are talking about, like how to uh, be inclusive in your process and to uh, bring in the right people uh, and that we have the power to bring in the right people and therefore decide like who uh, can co-create a, a service with us. So Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it's awfully difficult. It's awfully difficult, though it's not something that should be a barrier to continuing to move forward with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What is something uh, that's uh, inspired you during the conference uh, so far? Like specific speaker or topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name was Terry. It was a workshop yesterday where we made music together. We played drums. We were in a drum circle. We had various instruments from different parts of the world. And the reason why it was inspiring was because you get to see uh, folks from the artistic expression community come in and be like, hey, why don't we try this out when we're creating facilitations? What's, what's it like for you to not have to talk but still communicate? And so it got me both feeling very grounded because there's something really powerful about being in a group that's co-creating something with no judgment, with totally deferred judgment. But also you're in your body because you're playing with the instruments, you're playing with your hands, and then you get to debrief and process. And I felt like it was like a really rapidly accelerated place of building relationship and play, I guess. So how did it look? Was everyone in the workshop uh, playing an instrument? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, there was a good amount of people, and we started off by trying out smaller instruments. So we would create um, uh, patterns together. We would, we would create like circles together of passing on a note or trying to communicate with the particular instrument. And then after that, we had a choice of do we want to play on, let's say, the, the, the drums or do we want to continue to play with the smaller instruments that have each of which adds like a little bit of a, uh, a timbre, a texture to the overall ensemble. Um, and the facilitator ran us through various activities, uh, which included, again, communication through music, through sound, uh, deep listening um, and debriefing. Cool. Um, and uh, what's it like being a, being a volunteer here at the conference? Is uh, that uh, for the people next year, maybe, who, uh, who are considering being a volunteer? Is yeah. that something you'd recommend? Uh, do it. Just do it. I mean, you get to be in a space with incredible people. And all of the volunteers are also incredible people. And you get to spend time with them, too, and get to learn about their process. What are their visions? What are their hopes? What are their practices? So you feed off of each other's energy. And then you also get to give back, which fundamentally is very important. If people are interested in your uh, podcast, where can they, uh, they find it? So it would be letsdevelopodcast.com. There's no apostrophe in the let's. <laughs> Just straight letsdevelopodcast.com. And, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me as well, Art of Science. Great. Yeah. Always nice uh, to meet fellow podcasters. Indeed. Thanks yeah. a lot. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks yeah. so much for having me. This Thank is great. You. Cheers. <laughs> We're seeing a familiar face. Um, somebody who gave a really touching talk uh, yesterday. Hello, Vicky. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and you're standing here with a colleague. Um, could you introduce yourself? 
Hi, my name is Alasne and I also work at the Australian Centre for Social Innovation. Okay, yeah, I remember the name Taxi, but not exactly what that stands for. Could you explain to us what is uh, Taxi? Yeah, so Taxi means the Australian Centre for Social Innovation. So we are a non-for-profit organisation. We work with different, uh, it could be philanthropy, it could be governments, could be councils, private sector as well, uh, in order to bring more equity to the world and improve people's life. So that's basically what we do. And there was another person standing here. I'm sure you were having a very interesting conversation. So can you introduce who you are and also maybe introduce the topic that you were discussing with uh, the ladies? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm Ben Hartridge. Uh, I'm a researcher at the Darsington Service Design Lab in the UK. Um, and I just, I've just given a talk about social science and service design coming together. And that was what we were talking about now. I think you guys were saying that it just sort of reflects the approach that Taxi are taking having a multidisciplinary approach to all of the problems they're trying to tackle. Yeah, great. Yeah, yesterday I think you yourself, but also the audience was really touched uh, by your story because it was such a personal story. And also I think that's a team that's coming back to the, in the whole conference that we should co-design more with people who have the experience uh, already that we, we are designing for and that that's something we don't do uh, enough. How do you integrate that in your process when you're collaborating with uh, people in the community? I don't know. I find that hard because I just do it. Yeah. I am who I am. This is my face. Not that you can see it. <laughs> and I just go out and this is what I do every day, not just in my work but in my life in community out in the real world. And I just talk to people. Um, I, oh, I get stuck when I get asked this question because it's such a hard question to answer because I am just me and I just do. Yeah. And I don't know, if, yeah, Lasne might be able to answer that question. I think it's been a really interesting process because Auntie Vicky was going to give this talk in the conference and then we were talking about how we, you know, like we value lived experience and we work with people that have lived experience to design services, programs, change the system. And then... And Tiviki was telling me, like, but why do I want, need to explain that? That's what everybody does, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we are, like, so embedded that that's, you know, like the mindset that we have mm -hmm. uh, at Taxi and all, all the work that we do, that it's actually difficult to explain it because it comes really natural and it's our basis. Yeah. Um, and I think just having to give people context when it comes to culture is... Um, so you were doing um, context in, you know, what it, what, what you would you do, and I was doing context in my my um, personal lived experience, I guess, so that people can feel how I feel when I go out and try and understand. Yeah, there's things that aren't right in the world, and then. I wasn't too sure whether I was explaining the design process properly, but that's how I see the design process in my head, what we saw yesterday. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm... Yeah, it's been really interesting for us as well um, to come to a design conference. And, we know, like we are talking about design and it, it feels that you need to have a design degree to be a designer, but we actually believe, like, you know, everybody is a designer. I think, yeah, yeah sorry, service design more than any field is a, about just 
taking everybody's individual expertises and bringing them together. And uh, I often also think service design is just common sense. <laughs> but if you do it often, you you find some uh, methods for it. Because I often think, I, you know, people say, oh, so what do you do? And I go, I'm a social innovator. And I go, whatever that means. Because I feel we all socially innovate in one way or, mm-hmm. or another. And I do it just from a cultural lens to be able to make it mm-hmm. better for my Aboriginal people in Australia, uh, but for other cultural places around the world to be able to move forward mm-hmm. together because you can't just do it from one particular point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's really beautiful that you say that, that for you it's actually just something you do and you don't overthink it because I think a lot of the designers sometimes get lost in the process and they try to follow the process and they know they have to co-design but they don't really know when and whereas it's actually just talking to people and involving them but uh, it feels like uh, people need some rules and guidelines again to uh, to do that so I think it's really nice to uh, see people who are approaching it from the totally different uh, sides like you do. Um, are you uh, taking anything home for your uh, your own work? Something you've seen, something you've heard that will that you will take into your practice? Um, so I've, I've met, had a few reflections. I think what I've noticed is a, a very strong involvement or desire for service design to get involved in policy and involved in policy design. And I think that's going to lead to some very difficult questions about the role of kind of particularly user research in democracy because if you speak to a group of users they're like five users and that affects the policy you come up with it's not really democratic because you've only spoken to five but at the same time we know from like service, successful service design projects that you can get really rich insights from just speaking to a few people so mm-hmm. I think yeah what I'm going to take home is a cautionary tale about getting involved in like politics and think about how service design methods are or aren't democratic Mm-hmm. Yes, nice challenge. Yeah. <laughs> something you are taking home, something, another talk that you saw or a workshop. I'm going to laugh now because it's all around. <laughs> it's all around the double diamond, and I feel like I should have left my conversation or my talk yesterday, not with what would a cultural canvas look like for you, but what does a double diamond look like to you? Because <laughs> I've heard so much about double diamonds, and not being a designer, it just was like. What? Double driving? <laughs> so sorry, that's what I'll be taking home. But it's been really, really nice to be able to see um, all the different ways that people um, can build bridges and, um, and do it in all the different levels of design, I think. Whether it be human-centred or up here at, you know, at a, a government level. Or, yeah. Yes. Perhaps uh, what I'm taking back home, it's been really nice to hear about like diversity you know uh, it's within the conversation uh, among designers and I'm really glad that we are actually talking about it and making you know uh, taking actions towards creating a more diverse future mm-hmm. yeah yes. great yeah. thank you so much enjoy the last talks of the conference and uh, thank you for uh, for speaking to you and the talks you gave okay. thank you bye thank you thanks very much bye <laughs> Hey, we ran into a familiar face, a fellow podcaster. Hi, it's Marina Tartarian from the Y Lab and Y Service Design Thinking. Yeah, and uh, who are you? You're standing next to Marina. 
Uh, I'm Ben Schreiber. I do design strategy at Bank of Montreal. All right. So how are you guys enjoying the conference so far? Oh, it's fantastic. It's I can't believe it's almost over. I'm really sad. The speakers have been really amazing. You can't take notes quickly enough. Hey, it's my first service design podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, in-person event. Listen to long time listen to the po your podcast. Um, and it's really interesting to hear the case studies that uh, people from different companies show. From healthcare, um, from finance, right across. So I like to see the diversity. Yeah. What's something you will be taking uh, home from the conference? Uh, one thing I'm going to apply sooner than later is going to be the nudges from the person from live work put in. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so presenting nudges to some colleagues. I mean, I'm aware of it. I heard about nudges. I've read some of the books and all that. But uh, I'm going to think about that more next time we're doing a digital interface or calling for call center systems. Yeah. Yes. What about you? You know what? I loved the economic nutrition label. Yeah that um, the founder of the Fogo Island Inn came up with. I think it's such a great way to honor the people that go into our services and also give you an opportunity to perhaps include social, uh, social innovation or something else additional to the service that you might not normally think about, but just putting everything so transparently and in such a brilliant way. I could swear when she put up the slide, there was just this hush around the room because we'd never thought to you know, visualize it in that way. But once you do, it just seems so, so useful. Yeah, so what uh, Fogo Island uh, in a Fogo... Island uh, Hotel in I yeah. So uh, what they did was they actually uh, visualized the, where the money was going that you were giving, so you could see if I stay a night and my half half of my money is going to the labor of the people, like uh, ten percent is going to food. So I also thought that that was actually super uh, great that this transparency yeah. uh, was displayed, and it's something that a lot of uh, services I think uh, could do in a really good way do more of that yeah exactly yeah it's the sort of thing you hope that will uh, normalize at some point like uh, like she said herself that everybody expects this from from a company to provide a label like that that, that mm -hmm. would be really good yeah i've seen some uh, some of those similar labels on clothes as well yeah. because uh, that's also i think a couple of years ago that's been a bit big topic that they thought like we should know a bit more about uh, yeah, our clothes, where they're coming from. And it didn't really break through, so I hope in services uh, it actually will. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see that in clothing where we now see you know, 50% cotton, 20% spandex, and whatever the rest. But it'll be interesting to see where the recyclability of that goes, too. So often you might toss it in the garbage, or Zara has a program, you bring it back into Zara, but you don't know how much of that is recyclable. So it's interesting to see where your money goes and and particularly how it stays in Fogo Island, in her example, and Newfoundland and Canada and the rest of the world. So the attribution is really cool to see that transparency. Yeah, that would be super cool. I think the next speaker, uh, one of the next speakers, Tom from TerraCycle, he will also talk about uh, uh, waste uh, recycling. and uh, how. So I'm curious on how we yeah. could maybe link uh, the label to his uh, talk as well. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what he has to say. Okay. Something else you think you will be taking home? You know, I, I really loved seeing that there was representation for behavior science. 
with service design. That's a space that I'm really interested in personally because I think that every time we talk about touch points, we have to honor customer behavior and just human nature and human behavior, right? And I'm glad to see more and more of that conversation coming out and what does it look like in practice and what does it look like both from a behavior science and a behavior economics perspective at different scales. Mm-hmm. So I'll be, I'm glad to see that more people are talking about it and I'd like to dig into more of what LiveWork is doing with mm-hmm. that space. Yes. Excellent. Great. Well, enjoy the last moments of the conference and um, perhaps see you next year. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, guys. Like Copenhagen, I think, so right? Good to see yeah. you. See you. Thanks. Bye bye. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org and for night moves visit nightmoves.be if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing to this podcast the intro and outro music is from if the stars grow dim tonight by hydrogen c featuring i will i swear until next time